1: I shall say only at this point that I, the builder of churches, am no Puritan nor Cavalier, nor Reformed, nor Catholic, nor Jew, but of that older faith which sets them dancing in Black Step Lane. And this is the creed which Mirabilis schooled in me. He who made the world is also author of death. Nor can we but by doing evil avoid the rage of evil spirits, Out of the imperfections of this creator are procreated diverse evils, as darkness from his fear, shadows from his ignorance, and out of his tears come forth the waters of this world. Welcome back to the curiously specific book club, the podcast that is curiously specific about the devil's works, <laughs> dates and locations in well-known books, of course. Presented by me, Tim Wright, and you, Vincent Price, uh, uh, Lloyd Shepherd, Lord of the Underworld. Me, Lloyd Shepherd. Yes, we're talking about a, a book by uh, Peter Ackroyd called Hawksmoor. Yep. The reason for the silly devil stuff is that the. The one of the characters in the book, Nicholas Dyer, uh, who is building churches in the early eighteenth century, is is also a Satanist. Yes, and he's and building he's, his churches in, in honor of Satan. That's right. But he but obviously, and nobody else knows this. Nobody else knows this. And also, not only are they in terms of the way they look, in terms of their slightly bizarre architecture, a mixture of sort of pagan architecture and Christian architecture, to inspire terror. Um, they're, they're they're situated on burial grounds and in bad uh, significant places and their patterning is also important because when you visit them all together that they form a pattern a bit like I don't know what like um, a pentagram yeah a bit like that yeah yeah and 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 it will release um, satanic power over time and space yeah well, also the point being, of course, that London has got the devil's mark on it already, and he's just revealing it. That's true. With his construction of churches. And then we've the second all- part of the book is is a contemporary story about a police investigation into murders at the site, at the of, site these of the church. churches. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we've already visited three of the churches. Oh, yeah. So we say the churches are real. The churches are real. I mean, the, the Satan stuff, is that real? Well... <laughs> Who can say? So we went to uh, Spitalfields, Bloomsbury, and the City of London in the f- part one of this podcast. Beautiful churches. Now, in part two, the first church we're visiting is very much at the site of very bad and dark and evil doings. That's right. St George's in the East. The you know, Garden Museum, walking, you mean. The Garden Museum being, well, that and also the recording of Rum Sodomy and the Lash, as r- <laughs> discussed in the last in the last podcast. But uh, St George's in the East is um, beside the highway formerly called the Ratcliffe Highway, yes. a site of really terrible undertakings across hundreds of years. I then lit the powder and watched the effect of the blow. The little quantity of powder lifted up the rubbish which had formed the foundations, and this it seemed to do somewhat leisurely lifting visibly the whole weight about nine inches, which suddenly, jumping down, made a great heap of ruins in that place where now the course lay quite buried. He had been a pretty little boy, about as tall as my knee, and but lately turned upon the streets to beg. These were my words to him. Boys and girls come out to play. The moon doth shine as bright as day. How very unpleasant. A suitably creepy... Scene for this, yes, and we're here at an atmospheric the, as, place as the light is slightly fading. St. George's in the east, he says it's he calls it Stepney or Whopping interchangeably, but it's uh, mm-hmm. it's whopping really, it's another spectacular church. It's the only bombed-out one that we've been to. The back of the church is bombed out. Yes, you can see the broken window at the top. And there. the roof has gone. It's very distinctive. It's white and it's got these sort of pepperpot towers, hasn't it? Which are yeah. a, a very distinctive. And I think if you've ever driven along the, what's this, is this the A thirteen? It's the corner of the the, the highway. The highway, uh, I think it is. Is it well, the A 13 no, is the A13 isn't it? Uh no, it's the road from Tower Bridge. Tower Bridge. Uh, A13's the next one along. Ah, uh, yeah. This is okay. the road this is the road that goes into the Limehouse Link Tunnel. That's the one. But it's uh, it's called the highway. It used to be called the Ratcliffe Highway. Ah uh, you know quite a lot because, about, uh, about that. Don't well you actually Nicholas Hawksmore the uh the police detective. Yes. Makes great play talking about the Ratcliffe Highway murders. Yes. But he gets it wrong, Tim. Well, you would know. Well, my first book The English Monster. Was based on the Ratcliffe Highway murders. Thank you. And was you took uh, you took me and our friend Andy around a walk of the locations. I of your did once. Yeah, and it this was, was uh, and this was one of them. So yeah. the 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 Mars, the first family that were killed in the murders, lived on the highway just over there, just the other side of the church. Right. And then the Williamson's, who were the second family killed, lived just off the highway up that way. Terribly vicious murders. Thomas De Quincey wrote them in on murder. On murder considered as one of the fine arts, he wrote Gosh. about it. Okay. In the mid 19th century. Yes. Ian Sinclair writes about them in Lud Heat. He does. And, and then you wrote about them. And then I wrote about so them. So you're saying you're the first person who got it right? Uh, I'm not saying I'm the first person who got it right. De Quincey and Sinclair got the date right. Yeah, okay. Peter Ackroyd got the day wrong. He says it's 1812, it was 1811. I'm saying to you again about Peter Ackroyd, what is time? What is time? What is time? Well, that's easy to get right, isn't it? Mm, well, we're talking about. You know, we're talking December, about December the ability to ribbon. transcend time. I'm reading into everything now. Everything I see is a sign, yeah. is a symbol, symbol, is a sigil. The great awakening. I'd have to say that one of the things that I'm looking at now that I'm thinking, gosh, something weird is happening, is um, you've put a sock on your microphone. You've taken your sock off. Does everyone not do that? Well, uh, I forgot my muffle. Yeah, but I mean now... So I had to take... You suggested that I take my sock off. Well, um, yeah. And now I'm thinking that was a satanic ritual. Well, that's, the, that's how it starts. Now Which foot roll did you take off? My, uh, Which foot did you take off? I took up my right foot. and I think I probably should have taken up my left, left foot. Left footer. Should have been a left footer. And sock. then I roll up my uh, trouser the right, leg. The right leg. And then by the time we get down to our fridges, you'll be ball bollock naked. Yeah, and... Uh, uh, and I will have given myself over to the Dark One. <laughs> you will be the Dark One, mate. Uh, oh, I'm going to manifest yeah, as the Dark One. I'm gonna, That's exciting. I'm gonna let, so this was bombed out in 1941. It was? In the uh, Blitz. It's never been fully reconstructed, has it? No. In like 64, a modern church interior was constructed inside the existing walls. So it is, there is inside the tower. Inside in the, front the, tower, of the church. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What I did like was Ian Nairn, who wrote a lot about architecture in the 60s, um, in his Guide to London spoke of it as a ruin among ruins in the lost part of Stepney. The old life has gone, the new has not yet come. It makes no difference to Hawksmoor's bizarre poetry. This is probably the hardest building to describe in London. I would agree, yeah. This is a stage somewhere beyond fantasy. It is the more-than-real world of the drug addict's dream. Yeah. That's very good. Now, that, uh, that... Well, he meant there's a building. There's a yeah. derelict building here in that we were sitting in the churchyard. Yeah. There's a derelict building in the back, which is actually mentioned in Hawksmoor. Yeah. Uh, as a uh, you know, as 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 a place where people you know, the, the, the druggies hang out. Yes, but do you know what it was? It, 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 I, the implication of the book is it was some kind of a museum. Well, it was a garden museum for a while, but a the, garden museum. A garden museum. Right. But before it was a garden museum. Yeah. It was a mortuary. No. Yes. It was a mortuary, and two of Jack the Ripper's victims were laid out really? in that building. I had no idea. Uh, to be looked at by the jury. I the, had no a, idea. part of the inquest. Wow. Elizabeth Stride on the yeah. f- was was laid out there. Yeah. Um, and Please say Mary Kelly. <laughs> was it Mary Kelly? Sadly not. It was Mary Malcolm. Oh, okay. Uh, I was only hoping for a, a, yeah. a reference back to, Jack the, um, to James Herbert. Yes, that would have been nice, wouldn't it? So it's got vibes. Really, has got vibes. It's definitely got vibes. It's the best church, Tim. Yeah. yeah. So after, so next time you've rolled up your trouser leg. Yeah. So the next thing is you have to expose one of your breasts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have breasts. You say. That. <laughs> <laughs> As I was a walking down Ratcliffe Highway, a flash-looking packet I chanced for to see. Of the port that she came from, I cannot say much, but by her appearance, I took her for Dutch.
0: Singing, "Tora, I laddie, I tore I laddie, I tora, I laddie."
1: Look upon my churches in the spitalfields in Limehouse and now in the parish of Wapping Stepney, and do you not wonder why they lead you into a darker world, which on reflection you know to be your own? Every patch of ground by them has its hypochondriac distemper and disorder. Every stone of them bears the marks of scorching by which you may follow the true path of God. Now, these men of reason... Assert that such signs are but the stuff of deep melancholists or cozening rogues, but even in the Bible, that book of the dead, there are innumerable instances. Evil angels were sent among the Egyptians. God asked Satan whence he came, and Satan raised the great wind. Devils entered the swine, and the unclean devil entered the man, and of the demoniac, no man could bind him, and divers other passages. You're getting quite into that. Well, we, that's because we, we, we need to talk about Satanism. We need to talk about Satanism. S- we need to talk about Satan. Nicholas Dyer, the architect in the, in, in Aykroyd's book, yeah. is a Satanist. It's pretty clear. Very clear. He's raising he's raising his churches in, to the glory of Satan. Well, as a street urchin, he's picked up by this magus. Mirabilis. Mirabilis, and taken off to Blackstep Lane Step to Lane. witness weird rituals. Satanic rituals. Now, um, mm. it's interesting that when the book came out, of course, because satanic rituals, because we were in the mid 1980s, we were in sort of ground zero for the satanic panic, A satanic panic, I think I saw them live, yeah. which in, in the UK added, ended up in all sorts of strange places in Cleveland, they took children away from their families, Orkney, remember Orkney? Yeah, they took children away from their families because they believed that they were being abused in satanic rituals. And it's a it's a test case in a moral panic, wasn't it? In that people really believed this was going on in America. They went crazy for it. Yeah, well, well, arguably, because QAnon is all about that, isn't it? Do you know they thought that um, um, playing Dungeons and Dragons was a very bad thing? Well, as you'd know if you watched the latest series of Stranger Things, Tim, on Netflix. They claim it's a a satanic cult recruitment tool. That's in nineteen eighty four, so just before this book comes out, they they start the bothered about Dungeons and Dragons movement. Bad. The thing about Satanists. I, the thing about Satanists. <laughs> the the thing opening. about Grey Grey No, but the thing is that quite a lot of uh, the stuff that uh, we, that everyone thinks about now, sort of Dennis Wheatley, Alistair Crowley type stuff, that doesn't really emerge till after the Second World War as a thing. And it's sort of made up, can yeah. I say? <laughs> What's nice about it, though, it says here, the individuals and organisations who uphold... This is on Wikipedia, so not to be trusted. The individuals and organisations who uphold theistic, satanic beliefs are most often very small... Loosely affiliated <laughs> or independent groups and cabals. You say the individuals are very small. <laughs> it says here which have largely self-marginalised. So th- what they're saying is, and then it's a history of um, um, of people starting movements, and then there being sort of splinter groups that sort of six people get together and start a Church of Satan, and then two of them decide they don't like that one, so they're going to start one themselves. So G- it gets very. A popular front. Well, it's very complicated, actually. Because there are so many of them, um, there is, of course, the the Church of Satan, right? Which is is that um, the established church? The established Church of Satan, which was established by a very interesting man called Anton LaVey. <laughs> Is that his uh, real name? Is that his uh, real name? Well, <laughs> who knows? That's his stage name, anyway, because he was uh, known in show business. I like this about him. He was, uh, LaVey was labelled many things by journalists, religious detractors and Satanists alike, including the father of Satanism, the St. Paul of Satanism, the black pope and the evilest man in the world well wow. he even had a little goatee beard and stuff to try and make him look more evil okay I so think. what were he, when was he about so he started in the 60s oh okay um and he became he, he, before that he had been a local celebrity in san francisco through his paranormal research and live performances as an organist including playing the wurlitzer at the lost weekend cocktail lounge and he was publicly noticeable because he drove a coroner's van around town and walked his pet black leopard named Zoltan. Now, hang on a minute—he drove a coroner's van around town in the sixties. Yeah. Well, Neil Young was driving around LA in a hearse, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. He used to drive a hearse. Well, I what think does that it... say about Neil Young? <laughs> well, I think you need to go home and play his records backwards. Yeah. Is what I'd say to yeah, that. Yeah. Sounds see, just the same. See, see what you get.
0: The unveiling here in Detroit is historic. The Satan statue has never before been seen publicly. The Satanic Temple says the statue is a symbol for what they advocate, the separation of church and state. It's like you can't have one without the other, you know? Like I'm equal parts God and the devil. A cloak of shame covers this man, and only supreme light will wash my body clean. But how could that light possibly reach me with the thick clouds of indecency that surround my poor soul? So I carry my wrongdoings on my back, like some kind of tormented hiker lost in the hills of misfortune, looking desperately for that peak to rescue him from the valley of depraved habitual self-pleasuring. But again I find nothing except for sweaty, devastated loneliness and a thousand judging eyes staring back at me.
1: Beside my church at Limehouse, there had anciently been a great fen or morass, which had been a burying place of Saxon times, with graves lined with chalkstones, and beneath them earlier tombs. Here my workmen have found urns, and ivory pins once fastened to wooden shrouds, and beside them, ashes and skulls. This was indeed a massive necropolis, but it has power still within it, for the ancient dead emit a certain material virtue that will come to inhere in the fabric of this new edifice. They were sitting on the steps of this enormous church. I mean, it's huge. St. Anne's. St Anne's. It's been cleaned up. It was cleaned house. up by the London Docklands Development Corporation oh, it was in the 90s. It. Yeah, right. Um, and uh, just to our right is a very large pyramid. It is. That's With no obvious reason for it to be there. No obvious reason to be there, other than occult ones. I would have said so. If you look carefully at the patina on it, there's yeah. all kinds of weird symbols in there, if you care to... Are there actual symbols? Well, it's on a it? bit like being able to see Jesus Christ in an egg or something. It's, I um, I put my hand on it. It, it wasn't hot. Oh, I wasn't. No. You didn't feel the power. No. And nothing happened. to I me. think if you went and did it now, now that you've um, sat on the church steps with one, one sock, sock off, off. on All Hallows' Eve, yeah, you think you it might, might st- have a different impact. <laughs> it might, start it might, to might feel open the a way power. to a portal, <laughs> and Pinhead may stroll out. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, it's really it's what ten feet high. It's huge. Isn't really it? sharp point. It's it's weird. It's very the more old. prosaic explanation from a number of people is that he was considered Hawksmoor, the architect, not the private detective or the police officer. I mean, uh, that he had originally attended in the design to put two pyramids on the top, and he never bothers, And that's one of them. Okay. They, it now never that got lifted of, in. To place. that sort of shape is, I mean, it's, it's not. A, I mean, I I think of a pyramid a pyramid as being much squatter than that. That's almost like a spike. Well, that's what I mean. It's more like a turret yeah. in that sense. It well, Should have been on top I, of the church. You can see it, see that. Um, but of course, very prosaic um, explanation. Well, um, Ian Sinclair considers it to be a mortuary, like we talked about yeah. at St George's. It's not hollow, though. I tapped it. I didn't feel hollow. It's not hollow. It's solid. Well, I don't know. Anyway, he said it's a mortuary. It's a bit. Th- he said that there used to be for pharaohs. You have the big pyramid where you're going to where they're going to be housed. Yeah. And you have a mini pyramid with the mortuary is where that's where you um pick their brains out through their noses uh, when you when you preserve them the thing i would like to know more about is why this church is here at all that other yes. than other than to form one angle of the pentacom- pentagram pentagram mm-hmm. well that's a the long main way out of town if you look at the old the, the map of 1799 yeah uh, it's it's in fields basically yeah so if 80 years before even more so it would the have been only, in the middle of nowhere. The only thing I could come up with for that was the fact that um, Queen Anne came up with a wizard wheeze for how to pay for it. Right. Um, that she just put a, a, a tax on any coal that was landed here. And with that, they paid for the church. I thought all the churches were paid for with that. Coal no, tax. I don't think they were, you see. And I think no. that's why maybe the, 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 they could put one here because they knew they'd already got the funding. OK. From the black stone... The Blackstone, nice one, nice one. Love any work, <laughs> very good. Thank you very much. And that's why it has, and also it's the place where um, sea, captors, sea captains register vital events taking place at sea. Yep. So that's why it has the white ensign flag on the roof. The only roof. church that can fly the white ensign. Yes, yeah, it's the only, the only church that can sail, as you said, which I thought was quite good. It had a massive fire uh, in 1850 there's some engravings of it uh, being absolutely gutted really in 1850 and again um, it was uh, undergoing restoration between 83 and 93 mainly mainly sort of structural stuff um, and it wasn't until 2007-9 that it got a complete restoration right. so again um, in Ackroyd's time when he was researching this book and writing it, it it's, a, it's it, a dump it, it would have been a bit of a dump I, well, think. It's a yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it would have been yeah well, it's a great place to come because it's so it's so oddly positioned. You the, get the DLR out of London yeah. to West Ferry, five it, minute walk. You're here. It's another big lump of land. The graveyard's... Uh, it's a it, big old great churchyard. Yeah, isn't? a big churchyard. It's a very significant sort of spot, isn't it? A triangle is formed between Christchurch, St George's in the East and St Anne's Limehouse. These are centres of power for those territories. Sentinel, Sphinx form, slack dynamos abandoned as the culture they supported goes into retreat. The power remains latent. The frustration mounts on a current of animal magnetism and victims are still claimed. St George's Bloomsbury and St Alphage's Greenwich make up the major pentangle star. The five card is reversed. Beggars in snow pass under the lit church window. The judgment is disorder, chaos, ruin, discord, profligacy. Well, wow. Right, so that is not... That's not from Hawksmoor. That's not from Hawksmoor. That is from Lud Heat by Ian Sinclair. Yep. Uh, when was that published? Nineteen seventy four. Nineteen seventy four. A book of the dead Hamlets, May seventy four to April seventy five. And the core of the book is about his work as a as a as a gardener, right? For yeah, the, parks, uh, parks parks gardener. Parks There's lots of pictures of him with lawnmowers in it. Very sinister. <coughs> and it's it's a, it's a it's a book of poems, really, isn't it? Yes, the, it the, is. The beginning, the first twenty percent of the book is basically an essay. Yeah, about the roots of about London's dark design, really, isn't it? About that's the, right, and it echoes with the Egyptian layouts of their the Egyptian tombs. And well, another part of Satanism is the worship of Set, yes, um, the Egyptian god. Yeah, so which I think he's alluding to. But then he ties this in with obviously with um, Jack the Ripper murders as well. In the, he so does, and terrible things, the Ratcliffe Highway murders that you know a lot he about. He does, yeah. Um, and that he feels that there's, there's a, a dark... great section on the Radcliffe Highway Murders, actually. Yeah, there's a dark... Right. Pa- the dark power is basically being held by the shape of this... Um, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, ..the diagram of these churches. And he's even got a map in the book of, of how he laid out. When, if you try and redraw that on Google Maps... Yeah. ..it doesn't quite work, mate. Well, interestingly, um, I know we're doing books that, you know, you, 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 you struggle with comics. Yeah. Um, so, Anna Moore wrote a, a very fine graphic novel called From Hell which I is have about actually read Mipo. that one you'd be surprised to hear yeah and that's uh, Ian Sinclair is a character in, oh. in that who who is the man out of time he keeps reappearing in different uh, times okay um, and he, he's got a different pentagram in that book that, oh. he, that he's designed uh, that su- suits his purpose make so your own book. pentagram well his one has got Albion Drive Right. In Hackney as the north end. I don't know why. Isn't uh, that where Ian Sinclair lives? I think it might be. Yeah. That's why he's yeah. guessed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh St Anne's Limehouse is the is the other. Hearn Hill, the half moon, is is because of Hearn the Hunter. I played there in nineteen eighty five. Oh well, there you go. Well it's all coming together. <laughs> Earl's Court in uh is there because of the, apparently there was a tomb of um of the sun god Belinoth. And then the other one, the last one, is Battle Bridge Road, where Boudicca had her last battle. Yes, yeah, the not true. One. But it runs through all the all the Hawksmoor churches, and it also runs through Hercules Road. Oh, uh, of course, which is where William Blake, William Blake, lived. and Bunhill Fields. Yeah, where so, he's so buried. It's, it's, uh, that book is all about Blake. Yeah, uh, um, they're all Blake nuts, aren't they? Peter Ackroyd says he's Massive a genius. Yep. Yeah, 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 and um, and in fact, um, Ian Sinclair's written a book about all this stuff. Uh, just to say, you were right about. Uh, uh, Ian Sinclair living in Albion I Drive. Though. So Anna Moore, that's quite playful, isn't it? That is, but they're they're a bit of a gang. This lot aren't they? They are a gang. They're old white guy psychogeographers. Yeah, Will Self's another one, right? He's another one. Yeah, he writes the forward to uh, um, to the edition I've got of Hawksmoor. Of, Hawksmoor. Of <laughs> he does. A, he's funny because he 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 alludes to the fact that oh, by the way, uh, Ian Sinclair got there first. Yeah, but he says something. Um, he says something sort of, what does he say? It may well rankle with Sinclair, as it must with all creative artists, that the originality of his vision has not ensured its primacy, but while there may be a nobility to the powerfully-willed obscurantism of Ludheat, there's nothing of Hawksmoor's readability. Mm -hmm. So he's saying it's all right to nick somebody else's ideas as long as you make them popular. Right. uh, Then it's a win for you. Right. Uh, So Dan Brown was obviously reading that. (laughs) Back in so the day. that's okay then. Yeah. So they're all psychogeographers. We were going to just say we you, are. You've used you used that term at least three times in part one. I did. I've not said it again though. You've said it now. This is a term that gets bounced around uh, bounced around a lot. I've been told I'm a psychogeographer because I go on walks in places and write about it. Yeah. Um, and it's not as simple as that, I would say. Yeah. Um, You'd say it started really with um, the Situationist International in 1968 in Guy Debord. And all they were doing, frankly, was they were trying to disrupt the kind of um, establishment of the city as a, as a the sort of scopic regime of the city. The scopic regime? Yeah, yeah. The, the, wow. Well, that you're forced. What does scopic mean? Well, the way you're, the, the, your views in a city right. are completely um, controlled. By the architecture and signage okay. and traffic of the space. You've been guided. You don't get to choose where you go and what you see. No. It's all laid out for right. you by the powers that be. So the Powers. So that if you want to disrupt that, yeah. and as in the 1968, if you want to smash up Paris and say, I refuse to acknowledge the city in its existing space yeah. and I'm going to do it my own way, what do you do? get lost a lot <laughs> yeah that's exactly well what they tended to do because they were a bunch of alcoholics is that they would basically the idea is you get really drunk yeah. and then you stagger around the city with no plan in mind they oh we've it, done this countless times <laughs> they called it the dérive the derive, okay, and uh, and it was to disrupt uh, the uh, um, normal ways of navigating a city, right. In order to unlock new ways of seeing the world and the city, and understanding layers of meaning within architecture in the city, and uncovering possibly older layers, as in you know beneath the pavement is the beach and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, that you're that you will you will you will um, get a deeper sense. Of your own personal vision, of a of, of a of a travel through time and space. So next time I get drunk while I'm out in town and I walk home because I missed but the But with bus, no, no you're you already imagine, wrong. No, but you already it wrong. I've you said you're going to walk town. home. You said you're going to walk home. No, 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 no. You're not walking any. You walk out of the. You walk out of the pub, and you go. do You know what? I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> and that, my friend, makes you like a geographer. Okay, really. <laughs> <laughs> My wife always uses another phrase. <laughs> yep. Uh so uh that's where it, it starts. Yeah. Is in that. And then obviously Ian Sinclair is a big psychographer, but I don't think he's a big drinker actually. Well he adds he adds a whole lev- level of learning to it to it, doesn't he? I mean it's like you read Lud Heat, the um the erudition is extraordinary in terms of the stuff he's read. Yes. Uh you know, it's very deep. You know, the his more recent stuff is more about that. That he he wants to go and sort of chart out Old Hackney or, yeah. or the site of the Olympic Park, in order to sort of disrupt the gentrification and sort of heri- heritage culture of, that's that's it, that's become part of how they mm-hmm. develop London now. Mm-hmm. Is that he's he, he's a disruptor walking through it. Mm-hmm. So his the other point about him, I think, is that he's that by walking the paths is not just it's not just that you're sort of d- disrupting and being aimless he's got a real point to it is that he is summoning something mm. he's sum- summoning something an old an older deeper meaning about the space by by doing these things and he's obviously in, in that area he's obsessed with Jack the ripper his first uh, novel was whitechapel scarlet tracings mm-hmm. and that by that the, there's a relationship between walking out Around the East End and these churches and all this, with the dark deeds of Jack the Ripper mm-hmm. and other murderers, mm-hmm. and that 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 they, there's a relationship between these things. That that obviously that, that the gentrifiers and the developers don't want to acknowledge as being the heart of what the place is about, as it were. Well, we've we've experienced that though on yeah. our walks, haven't we? And books that we've done in London. You quite often stumble across strange connections. And yeah, yeah. So it's always it's always weirder and darker than you think it is, or even funnier sometimes than it is. And it's all being sort of whitewashed and uh, and sort of antiseptic. And also with no layers, it's just this is the thing you see yeah, and that's yeah. all you see, yeah. and you never don't think about anything else. Yeah. So I think that's what they're interested in, all of them, and Aykroyd is as well, about yeah. the idea we need to do... Stop stop being so literal about what we see on our streets and our city and see beyond. Well that was an absolute tour de force mate. Yeah. Well played. <laughs> you're, you're looking stri- you're looking strangely fascinated. No, it was brilliant. Yeah, well it, but, what what you are enjoying about that is it means that we can go out and have a drink any time yeah. we like <laughs> good, and good, wander around. I like got a good reason for getting lost. Well I was going to say we don't need to be sober on the podcast anymore. Down at this point uh, I was mainly cutting grass and picking up broken sherry bottles with Brian in St. Anne's Limehouse, Georgia in the East, going into the, the graveyards and discussing and drinking, and the whole area full of the vagrant populations that were drawn to these churches. So we had a few pretty strange experiences there with sightings and tappings of voices in churches, and we
0: spent a lot of time discussing in the pub,
1: I walked down St Mary Axe to London Wall and my tears fell upon the moss as I bent to touch it then through Bishop's Gate and down Old Bedlam into Moorfields and here it seemed to me that I heard the rejoicing of the mad then through Long Alley where I passed the great music shop and I went on and then I turned in that part called the Great Field some children in blue jackets and kite lanthorned caps ran past me you will be dead before I return," was my thought, as I stared into the entry of Black Step Lane. Okay, <laughs> that and then that's that's Dyer. That's Nicholas Dyer, Dyer in the eighteenth century, and then Hawksmoor in the twentieth century. And Hawksmoor grew melancholy as he walked up Lime Street into St Mary Axe. He paus- He passed a record shop, from which came the loud sounds of a popular song. He continued down Bishopsgate carried by the movement of the crowd and asked a stallholder for the direction of the church. Follow the wall, the man said, and, and turned slowly to point down Wormwood Street. Follow the wall. And as he came close to London Wall, he sensed a smell like that of mown grass or cut flowers. And from London Wall he passed into Moorfields, where in the middle of the road a mad woman cried out, her words lost in the roar of the traffic. And as the pavement shook beneath his feet, he hurried down Long Alley, some children in blue caps and blazers passed him laughing, and their motion turned him round so that now he saw ahead of him Black Step Lane. In both eras, Black Step Lane appears to exist and the church of Little St. Hugh. Little St. Hugh. Uh, Black Step Lane doesn't exist. No. and neither Never has, and neither, neither does Little St. Hugh. No. It's the seventh church of the uh, of Dyer's is the one that completes it and then he becomes timeless becomes both murderer and victim simultaneously across time Uh, we are sitting at um, what's called the Broadgate Development which is uh, just south of Sun Street in the city uh, Mm -hmm. and just east of Finsbury Square we think we're sitting exactly where Long Alley would have met well you've got your lovely map bare step lane I've got my Richard Hallward map from 1799 which which has got Long Alley on it yeah no bare step lane um but uh, we th- well, interestingly, there isn't a church here, but there is another uh, uh, religious site, this time to high finance. Yes. A cathedral uh, to high finance. A cathedral of high finance. Uh, UBS. UBS. Which well, obviously now, I'm now it stands for Under Black Step. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking well, it's 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 hidden in plain sight. So if you work for UBS and you're listening to this, you're actually a satanic site. Yeah, you are. You're on the seventh pentagram of... Uh, of the London They're churches they exactly on top used of to summon Satan I'm afraid so so how do you feel now well I with didn't your massive pension and your fancy car well I always thought God was a banker but I didn't know Satan was as yeah, well, well yeah, presumably a much better one <laughs> <laughs> yeah so is this is a very good location it for us it is good isn't it exactly. I think it's like we found it we're not far from uh, a, a place called White Cross Place which another, I would just say that another good reference that if you turned that upside down you'd get Black Step Lane wouldn't you We've got two um, periods of time to date out. It's very we exciting. Have. We've got it's not just one. We've got two in I a know, book. Twice the fun. So in the first, the 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 eighteenth century part of the book, there yes, are, there are quite a few sort of dates and clues given. Mm. The beginning is set sometime after seventeen eleven. Yes, uh, it's described as being midwinter in chapter one. At which point, Christ Church is nearly finished in Spitalfields. Absolutely not. Uh, two other churches, are, no, three other churches are being built, and three other sites have been identified. Mm. Not true, that's not, doesn't matter no. to the real world. that's fictional. N- really not. Um, he writes a letter to Sir Christopher Wren on page 9, dated the 13th of January 1712. Well spotted. Uh, in which he says that St. Christchurch and and St George's are all being built. There's no other dates given in this section until mm. much later on. Uh, in and in, in fact, in the the the, eight, the modern, quote unquote, section, Hawksmoor finds a slab inscribed, last rebuilt by Nicholas Dyer, 1714 at St Mary's Warnoff. Okay. So we're back to 1714. Um, but then, later on, there's a reference to the Battle of Preston. Oh, I missed that. Which was the uh, the Jacobin Revolt. Yes. Uh, the Battle of Preston was the night of the 14th of November, 1715. So that works in the timeline. Okay. And then it, f- the final reference is to the Thames Frost Fair. So by this stage, Dyer is Mad. disappearing and becoming yeah. uh, another... Uh, level of being Well, uh, there was, yeah. was a frost fair on the Thames between 1715 and 1716 okay so he's With got them. that right so those are all quite good I would say okay and he died there is, there, he does say when he dies doesn't he he says he dies in, at the end of 1715 yeah yeah or disappears disappears well, and to disappears another, to, and to become a wino living. in the East End. Yeah, because a wino in the East End across time, on pavements. a wino across time. Yeah, so that's all quite good. The only thing that doesn't work, obviously, is the building of the churches. I think we can say the dating is internally logical in the early uh, 18th in the early. So you're happy with that? Yeah, yeah, I'm happy with that. Okay, but I think it gets quite a high mark for that. That's uh, okay, very good on that bit. All right. So uh, flash forward to the modern sections of the book. Ah, yes. There's a couple of day and date combinations given, which in, is always useful. Always useful. So Thomas Hill the boy who is killed at Christchurch. Yes, Pittlefields. His body's found uh, on November the 17th, but it says he's been missing for seven days. Yes, I missed that bit. So he goes missing, i was saying, on November the 10th. Yes. Uh, which is a Saturday. Saturday, November the 10th. So what so year would that give us? That would give you either 1979 or 1984. Ah, and then the next murders go the next year, don't they? May the 30th. No, May the... Th- Thir- yes, yes, the next May year. The 30th. May the thirtieth next year, so that would be eighty or eighty five. August the twelfth, Dandy at St Anne's. Yes. Wapping. Um not not St Anne's St George's. Yeah. Um then later on he goes to St Mary Walnoth in the autumn light. So after October. yeah And then the body is found at St Mary's, Walnoth on Saturday, October the twenty fourth. Now well, you plug that in into the a the big internet machine, you get nineteen eighty one or nineteen eighty seven. Oh, dear. Time has slipped. Oh, dear. has been a time slip. Hmm. So, uh, and then it's December, the end of the book. He could have got that one right, couldn't he? he well, could. you have know, the internet. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, it's a bit of a, that's a bit of a slip. That is a bit of a slip. So mm. he, But it might have been a deliberate slip. I don't think so. I think that's... that's put you on slippery ground. That's an oversight. I have to say, because he, he, he quite militantly says at the end of the book, as I find it, any relation to real people, either living or dead, is entirely coincidental. I have employed many sources in the preparation of Hawksmoor, but this version of history is my own invention. Yep. so there you go. There you go. So he's made it up, mate. Uh, he's made so it up. I would say I, I think I'd probably lean to 1984 as being the first murders. Yeah, and then, and then it the book ends in 85 because yeah. the book came out in 85. That's only reason for that. Now the only other thing is you said 79 and yeah. 80. There is a. I suddenly thought well maybe 80s not a bad shout yeah uh if we thought about again uh just the start of Thatcher is a, you know so 79 if we and 80 mm-hmm. about the state of Britain and I, I wondered whether the, in 1980 those churches would have been more derelict in 1980 than they would have been in 85 and there would have been more sort of wasteland and less development. By 85 there was quite a lot of development going on already around Docklands and stuff yeah. they were starting to do stuff Whereas, particularly warping. And then of course um, if we said that this all ends in a very dark place on a Sunday in December yeah. so you're saying yeah. Sunday December eight, 1980 uh yeah. If you say December nineteen eighty and you thought about a terrible blood sacrifice. Oh god no, don't say it. <laughs> oh god I just realised where you're going. <laughs> Shall we just leave that hanging <laughs> and the and the listener can, can work it out for themselves. <laughs> okay. Me to, uh... And thus will I complete the figure. Spitalfields, Wapping and Limehouse have made the triangle. Bloomsbury and St Mary Woolnoth have created the major pentacle star and with Greenwich all these will form the sextuple abodal sextuple, the sextuple abodal. Abodal. <laughs> All these will form the sextuple abode of Baalberith or the lord of the covenant. Then, with the Church of Little St Hugh, the septilateral figure will rise about Black Step Lane, and in this pattern, every straight line is enriched with a point at infinity, and every plane with a line at infinity. So, is that what's going to happen now? So now we're, at, we're in Greenwich. It's just started raining. We're at St. Alfred's St. Alfregis in, um, oh, mm. in Greenwich. Uh, very beautiful church. Because it's the end of October and the clots have gone back, for the first time in quite a while, we're recording in the dark. We're in the dark in uh, Alfaga's it, church. It's the first time I've been in the dark in a churchyard with you since Dracula. Yeah, that didn't end well. That didn't end well. Um, I'm slightly worried how this is going to end. St. Alfaga's is a beautiful church. Uh yeah. And uh, but th- the point of this is one is that in in terms of the book, it's the last one in the series. Yes, that allows him to join up the pattern that he's yes, drawing. Yes, that's right. On the face of London, to raise the spirit of Balberith. Balberith sounds a bit Welsh. It does sound Welsh, doesn't in it? The way you said it, anyway. Um, we've done it. Barabrith is a very fine, nice form of Welsh bread. We- so that's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> Balbrith, Barabrith. So bit maybe cool. that's what he's doing. He's raising the spirit of parabrith. Bar- That's—I would call that—it's um, a Welsh novel. I would—I would call that cozy Satanism. <laughs> it's very tasty, Bar- <laughs> I The next time one of my Welsh relatives is going to offer me, I'm going to say Balbrith, and they're going to get offended. <laughs> thinking that I'm asking for Either satanic that bread, or they're going to take you down in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> we 've done it've we've done we 've done the seven sites we 've done the seven um, and we 've done it on the Halloween. seven arms of the beast we 've done it on Halloween and we 've ended in a graveyard and now is the time for you to no, this take is what your you place. reveal yourself well <laughs> I reveal myself <laughs> i don 't think don't so don't reveal yourself in the churchyard no there's some children out here yeah. I think be, I might get arrested yeah. they do crypt tours here do they? The, the crypt is actually something you can go and look at. Well, we so can't be on in The open church, house the church day. is closed. The lights are on. I've been in this church. Oh, you have? I've been you? to a concert here. Yes, by, um, was it? With was my it a satanic, satanic metal concert. It wasn't a metal concert. It was a very delightful uh, uh, chamber music. Was it? Yes. Was it now? With some clarinet. There was no Did they shredded play guitar. Did they play backwards? There was no backward speech. Oh. There was no makeup. There was no. <laughs> None of that. Very disappointing. I'll tell you, what, the most shocking thing that ha- seemed to happen here in 2015. Oh, quite recently. Quite recently.
0: On a my birthday?
1: A black birth- cat. A black cat, That's a bloody a black cat, cat has just crossed just our, path. our path. Oh, my God. That's quite spooky. Oh, It's on my birthday as well. 18th of May 2015. Article in the Evening Standard by Ben Morgan. Um, the headline is Armed Police Storm Through Church Garden Party Hunting for Man Shooting Gun at a Bush. Vicar's Wife nearly knocked over by a machine gun officer no. while enjoying cream tea. <laughs> Shocking. Shocking evil. Uh, so she was, knocked, she was nearly knocked over by him running, not by him mowing her down with a machine gun. <laughs> so, um, I was next to the vicar's wife, Jill, when two big men in black clothing came bursting in. It's getting more satanic now. Ooh, it is getting quite satanic. It's getting a bit Dennis Wheatley at this point. Were yeah. <laughs> uh, they cowled? Um, I said to her... Look at that. I don't know what he's referring to. <laughs> but but she co- did. And, I, and she replied, look at what? But she didn't see it. <laughs> she didn't we'll, see it. <laughs> but it was quite small. And was almost knocked over by the policeman with a huge machine gun. Oh, wow. Oh, look at this. this is Greenwich is a bit like London in the country. So there was a country fair going on. And then suddenly there's all these armed police bursting in like it's the film Hot Fuzz. Oh, God. Very good. Very good. There was no hysteria. People just carried on drinking their tea. Quite right. So um, terrible things do happen. Terrible things happening. Tea Greenwich. parties, satanic tea parties. So should I expect um, any visitations over the next few days, having completed the uh, satanic rituals? Well, I would say that at midnight tonight, you you should be worried. Okay. Because you, you you've now completed. I won't be up there, so You've me. you've been completed the sigil. Yeah, and uh, with one sock off. Yeah, which was important. Okay, um, and that means then that you are, and you did turn anti-clockwise around in the church. As well didn't you? I did. So you've done all the right things. I didn't do it seven times though. So I, I think that you are probably going to ascend, ascend or descend, descend possibly. But into you're basically you're going to you're going to be across time and space, aren't you? <laughs> you? You can be everywhere, all at once. God, Like the awful, Dark Lord. It'd be a all bit tiring, all, wouldn't all it? What awful thought sounds exhausting. Bit, I know. You'd rather be at the allotment, I'd, rather be, I'd rather be at the allotment. I'd rather be Satan's napp- allotment. Yeah, the napping demon. <laughs> <laughs> Judgment. <laughs> so uh, it's the point in the podcast where we uh, we give the author a mark or two marks actually. Yes, uh, we give them a mark for or indeed artistic merit. Pun four marks, four marks, two marks each. We <laughs> give them a mark uh, for artistic merit, uh, and we also give a mark for uh, the curacy specific rating for how seriously the author takes dates and locations yeah. in their in their work. Yes, um, or how seriously they choose to ignore them, or yeah, or creatively they choose to ignore mm, them. Yeah. Mm. So um, uh, the lowest score we've had for q rating so far has gone to a Nobel Prize winner, yeah. or who you gave a <laughs> minus five to. <laughs> so we'll be interested to see what we get to this one. Should we do rating, uh, artistic merit first? Yes. What uh, do you want to say about that? Uh, I want to say uh, this book stands up to repeated reading very well. I particularly love the uh, the Nicholas Dyer sections. I think the the, uh, the ventriloquism is extremely well done well Uh, you say that um, but but Aykroyd himself says that um, the ventriloquism was an easy job well he says here just means he's good at it he, he said I borrowed Johnson's Dictionary from the London Library two big volumes I brought them back and whenever I had to write a sentence about say someone looking out of the window and then I'd look up window in Johnson and there'd be all sorts of definitions and phrases with the word in it and these I also co-opted for the book so it was a continual process of assimilation all the way through I've never admitted this before. I always went along with the tacit assumption that I'd made it all up. In fact, I hadn't. But there's nothing wrong with that. It's like a montage, similar process. So he's basically sitting there with a dictionary of fancy words from the oh, do you know from what? the 18th I, century. I am absolutely stunned by that. <laughs> what an amazing find. <laughs> Is that what he said? Yes. Is that what he did? He did. He says that in an interview in bombmagazine.org. Bomb? B-O-M-B? Yeah, B-O-M-B. yeah. Yeah, what the hell is Bomb Magazine? Well, it's an old uh, actually, it's an old arts magazine. It, it's okay. in an archive now, so you have to you do have to hunt around for it a bit. Right, but it's got lots of interviews with what really great, great. Actually, there's, there's a there's a great interview with um, Ishigura in there as well. Actually, as a young man as well. We're gonna yeah. find out he. Uh Made it all up. <laughs> well, we know he made it all up. Right? Um, well, okay. Uh, well, that took the wind out of your sails, didn't it? It really did. <laughs> I was slightly taken aback by that. But, I, then, but then I think, you, you're not going to find a huge amount in Johnson for the, the... The satanic stuff is very is very clever. And he obviously is channelling, I don't know, Peeps and you know, Cotton yeah, Mather and all definitely. that kind of stuff. Yeah, so so he's, he's probably he's being, being a bit modest, right? He's being slightly disingenuous there, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm going to give... But then I, I, I don't find the Hawksmore section, the, the modern sections, quite as convincing... Um, so I would give him a seven, I think. Okay, for artistic merit. Yes, but you know what? I think I'm going to go roughly the same. I'm. I, I feel the same way that the the um, the, the 18th century parts uh, are better. I found this quite a cold book. It sort of lacked humanity. Mm. Um, obviously, there's no women in it. Well, there's one woman in it who's yeah. a slightly lusty yeah, uh, landlady. I mean, so there's some tr- anyway, so I, I found it. Yes, as I say, it lacked warmth and humanity, and I suppose it's meant to in a way, but I found it a difficult read as a result of that. And then, as you said, the modern day stuff about police procedural stuff I mean, it's obviously in the early days of that. We've all been brought up with, you know, uh, uh, CSI and yeah. uh, DCI Tennyson and yeah. all kinds of people, so w- we're very mature about cop shows and how yeah. cops do stuff and i feel backroyd is not he must be quite early days of that well, when was the first uh, prime suspect yes in mid 80s yes i was thinking that so i think i think you might have to give him a bit of a pass that he's sort of trying to do something that hasn't really matured yet 1991 yeah so he's early days so, so i think in terms of cop procedural stuff it's not very surprising if he's not very good at it yeah um, although it could be better, yeah. It, it, again, it's all a bit dry. So, I second reading, I enjoyed it a lot more because I could see the structure of these, uh, the echoes of something happening one time and then happening in the other, and I yeah. started to quite enjoy that a bit more than I thought I would. Yeah. So, seven, I think, is a fair mark. Okay. So, I'm getting seven as well. So, uh, curiously specific rating. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm in uh, two minds on this one, in that I think what he does with dates is actually quite creative and interesting. Uh, and, you know, I enjoyed, particularly, again, the the 18th century dates. Also, I think the stuff he says about time being a, elastic mm. um, sort of gives him a get-out. On the other hand, he makes sort of a basic error with the dates and, yeah. days and dates that give them yeah. wrong years. Yeah, he does. But the thing I can't forgive him for at all is getting the date of the Ratcliffe Highway murders wrong. <sighs> he says it's 1812, and given I got skin in the game on this one, yeah, yeah, they were 18 11. yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I, uh, I'm going to give him a five. Oh, that's very good. That's quite generous, I think. Okay. I mean, the only thing he's got right is the location of the churches. Everything <laughs> else is just made up. Yeah, and you that gets you a long way because um, there they are. We can walk around them. Which is, and it was lovely. Yeah. I mean, they, and they are amazing, listener. It, 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 just to go and see these churches, and hopefully go on a day when they're unlocked, and you can really have a good yeah. route around. We're not doing weird you things. You might need to do a plan about that. St. Alfie, but yes, well, it's well you. worth doing yeah. a trip that takes in six six churches and a mythical seventh, um, in order to get you know for that you just get a vision of Hawksmoor's London, which is terrific, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Really good. Yeah, really good. So, um, but then after that. It's all over the place. It's all over the place. You know, you, I've got a sense we may have read this book more often than Peter Ackroyd has. <laughs> in that Bomb magazine article that I read, it said here, With Hawksmoor, I've certainly never looked at it again. I wouldn't dare. I'm so aware of all the weaknesses in it. It's an embarrassment. Wow. So, um, on that basis, I'm giving him a four. Because if he's embarrassed, I'm embarrassed for him. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Good. So, we got two sevens for 14 for artistic merit Mm. and a five and a four, nine. Yeah. Didn't even make it to double figures for the Curious Specific Rating. (laughs) That's poor, isn't it? That's poor. But I mean, it would have been even lower if he'd made up the churches. Uh, (laughs) But paradoxically, at the end of all that, I did enjoy the book a great deal. I did enjoy it. I I enjoyed the walk more. I enjoyed exploring the churches immensely. So you've been out of your comfort zone on two books now, Tim. Well, this one, this one introduced, yes, so the, the first one uh, introduced me to comic world, yeah, and um, I was very uncomfortable about that. You were. Uh, this one introduced me to the satanic world. Yeah, I felt a bit more comfortable about that. Are you going to take that forward? Well, they used to have um, Masonic meetings at my school. You will not be surprised oh, to hear, of course, with a guy with a sword hanging outside the library to rent the rest of us or its getting in. No way. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. Your school? Yes, yes, yes. God. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So I'm well used to this kind of stuff. <laughs> So, like all good Satanists, we need to say thank you <laughs> to some people. Thank you to Beelzebub and <laughs> Lucifer, yeah. um, all, all, all the hosts of the underworld. Baal, Baal, Set, the full, the full, the full works. All of them. Now, I would like to say thank you to some people because um, uh, I added some music and bits to this podcast. You certainly did. Uh, so there's quite a few to, for me to get through. Okay. Shall I do them first? i I do mine first? Well, uh, why don't I just do the usual quick thank you yep. to Learning Music on the Free Music Archive for the use of our Basie Loop theme tune. There, Very done. good. Basie Loop theme tune. Uh, uh, spoken like a true Satanist. Well done. <laughs> um, I'd like to thank the foxhall Singers. They don't sound like satanists. Uh, who aren't who aren't who aren't singers uh, for the uh, the rendition of the Ratcliffe Highway, very old folk song from the mid nineteenth century. If you didn't get the uh, the double meaning, the double entendre, you might not want to listen to the whole thing. They're Ooh. not talking about a ship, listener. <laughs> um, Alec Guinness, of course. Obi Wan Kenobi reading the Wasteland. What the what the crowds want. Superb, superb stuff. This is not the poem you're looking for. But there was also a uh, Alan Moore talking to Ian Sinclair. There was a bit of that in there as well. You might. Have I like that. That he ended um, up in the pub. Always and good. then I uh, I had the Mozart Clarinet Concerto in A Major from the Iceland Symphony Orchestra. Oh, that's what it was. But I did it interrupt was. it with something. I did interrupt it with something satanic. So I interrupted it with. This is possibly the best song title I will ever say on this podcast. Okay. The swaggerific bones of Cletus the Parrot, <laughs> by Negative Ohio. I mean, where did you find? Is that what? just in your record collection? That's on the Free Music Archive. Oh, I was going to say. I thought you so just, just pulled these it links off the, links on the shelf. show notes. But um, <laughs> if you want to interrupt your uh, your high classical chamber music with some. Death Metal. I recommend The Swaggerific Bones of Cletus the Parrot by Negative Ohio. So good you had to say it twice. Negative <laughs> Ohio. So, uh, yeah, so th- they oh. were all, thank you to all those people for their uh, uh, for their music and their creativity. Brilliant. I thought you were going to do the Magic Flute, actually, because that's all full of stuff about Masons and it's got the coded messages in uh, it. If I was it? as uh, erudite and learned as you, I would have thought of doing that. Oh, all right. Too I, late um, now. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, yeah, so uh, we're going to wave goodbye to the... Uh, the terif- Terrible Churches of Nicholas Hawksmore? Yes, and only one more fantasy novel to go. <laughs> <laughs> You've done very well. Thank you. Try and keep it up. <sighs> Actually, the next one is my favourite one, I think, out of the three. Okay. Uh, oh. Rivers of London by is- Ben. Actually, we've been saying in the, about him, we've been calling him Ben Aranovich. Hmm. But in the interviews I've seen with him, he calls himself Aranovich. Aronovich. Ben Arinovich. Yeah. Okay. But given that we've now got a track record of mispronunciation of everything, (laughs) I don't think it matters. Okay. Well, look out for that. Be in your ears in a week's time. Yeah. uh, And uh, we'll see you then.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.